Josh. Thank you, Pastor Bumi, for this beautiful opportunity to share the Word of God today. It's always a great privilege when we come up here to share the Word of God with the people of God. Praise God. Uh, before I get started, a uh, few items to take care of. Um, we have um, three homes opened up for discipleship, two, three new homes. Uh, one is in um, San Pedro, Long Beach, and Compton. So we are looking for facilitators. Uh, if you want to be one of the facilitators for these three homes, please see us after service. Uh, we're going to be running training very soon for all the teachers. Uh, plus, uh, we really need people to take up these challenges to help us facilitate uh, the discipleship in these homes. So if you want to take up San Pedro or Long Beach or Compton, please uh, let us know. Praise God. I say praise God. Praise God. Come on, people of God, shout a big hallelujah to the Lord. Our God is a mighty God. He's a beautiful God. How many of you love Jesus here? I expect everybody to shout a big amen to that because we are here because we love Jesus. This morning we are going to continue our studies in the, from the book of Romans chapter 10. Um, let's pray. Heavenly Father, we thank you and we give you praise. We thank you for this great privilege to stand here and share your word with your people. Lord, I have nothing of my own and I can do nothing of my own. Therefore, Holy Spirit, I need you. I need your presence, your power, your glory to envelop us this morning. Let your word come to us with power. Let your word come to us with understanding. I pray for utterance. I pray for unction. Lord, I ask, oh God, that by your spirit, you cause our hearts and our minds of understanding to be made open and to receive your word this morning. Let there be transformation. Let there be change in our hearts, oh God. And Lord, we give you praise because you are worthy. Be that glorified. In Jesus' name we pray. Let everyone say amen. amen. Praise God. So we have been um, going through the book of Romans. It's been amazing. How many of you have been enjoying the study of the book of Romans? Looks like you guys are not excited about the book of Romans. I say, how many of you have been enjoying from the beginning of chapter 1 up to now? You've been enjoying the delivery. All right, come on. We need to be excited in the house of the Lord, people. So last Sunday, Pastor Joe opened up chapter 8. He opened up chapter 8 for us. And, I mean, sorry, chapter 10. So from verse 1. We saw how Paul 
talked about his desire for the Israelites to be saved. That's his desire. He prayed for them. Even though he said to us that he's an apostle called to the Gentiles, but his ultimate desire is for his people to be saved. When Jesus came, he said, salvation is of the Jews. That means they are in God's plan, God's program. But however, Paul also told us that they followed after the law. And the demand and the requirement for the law to fulfill righteousness was so strict that they were not able to fulfill it. They started inventing their own righteousness. They started inventing ways of reaching to God. And the more they do that, the far away they are from God. So there is righteousness that is acceptable to God. There is righteousness that is unacceptable to God. Self-righteousness is unacceptable to God. Inventing your own ways of going back to God is not acceptable to God because there is only one way that is acceptable to God. We'll look at that later. But we see here they go about inventing their own ways. The Bible said they became ignorant of the righteousness of God. Kind of what, you know, is happening in our society right now. So it wasn't just the Jews doing that. We see people in our generation, we have different ways we want to get to God. Different ways we are inventing to reach to God. You know, I read recently an article. I don't know how true that is, but again, they say don't believe everything you read on the internet, right? Have you heard that before? All right. But a member of the Economic Forum said that it's time to rewrite the Bible that will be socially acceptable using AI. Did you hear what I said? Bible that will be socially acceptable to all. Men inventing their own righteousness. That was what the Jews did. And the more they do that, the far away they became from God because the Bible said their heart were hardened. They were blinded. So self-righteousness, the Bible described it as a filthy rag before the Lord. It's a few described as filthy rag before the Lord. You can read that. Isaiah 64, verse 6. Self-righteousness as a filthy rag before the Lord. The Bible says, whosoever that live 
that does the law will live by the law. But they were not able. In other words, if you are not able to fulfill the requirement of the law, death follows. You want to live, then you have to fulfill all the requirements of the law, which was very difficult for any man to fulfill. Then, here comes the Lord Jesus. The Bible says, He is the fulfillment of the law. He is the fulfillment of what? The law. So what does that really mean to us? It means all of the strict requirement by God for one to live by the law, it's now fulfilled in Christ Jesus. Jesus paid the ultimate price that appeased God and his requirement. So you and I are no longer obligated to fulfill the requirement of the law. All we need now is to do what? Believe in Christ Jesus. Christ is the fulfillment of the law. The demand by God you must do this so that you can live. You must do that so that you can live. You must do X. Jesus came. Say, God, I will take the place of all these folks. I will stand on their behalf. And I will fulfill all that you have required of man. Before they can come to you. songwriter says, I am no longer a slave to sin. I am no longer a slave to unrighteousness, to ungodliness. Why? Because I am now a new creation in Christ Jesus. Righteousness that is of God. Righteousness that is of God. So, Paul started from verse 5 to tell us there is righteousness that is of God. And he gives us steps of fulfilling that righteousness that is of God. Now, let's look at some scriptures before we move on. Look at verse 6. Romans chapter 10, verse 6 says, But the righteousness of faith speaks in this way. I'm reading Romans chapter 10, verse 6. But the righteousness of faith speaks in this way. Do not say in your heart, Who will ascend into heaven? That is to bring Christ down from above. Or who will descend into the apse? That is to bring Christ up from the dead. But what does it say? The word is near in your mouth and in your heart. 
That is the word of faith which we preach. Now, I think Paul was quoting the book of Deuteronomy. Let's go there. The book of Deuteronomy, chapter 30. Deuteronomy, chapter 30. Deuteronomy, chapter 30, from verse 11. It says, For the commandment which I command you today is not too mysterious for you, nor is it far off. It is not in heaven that you should say, Who will ascend into heaven for us and bring it to us, that we may hear it or do it? Nor is it beyond the sea that you should say, who will go over the sea for us and bring it to us that we may hear it and do it. But the word is very near you, in your mouth, in your heart, that you may do it. So, in other words, the work that is required, the work that is required has been done for you and for me already. You know, I used to define religion and Christianity. The, one of the ways I try to distinguish religion and Christianity is that religion always seeking for God. But Christianity means God came for us, looking for us, seeking us out. The Bible says, he that had no sin became sin that we might become righteousness of God through him. God seeking us out. We weren't looking for God. We were not interested, especially we, the Gentile world. We are busy doing our own thing, running around, doing different things. But God came for us. The Bible says, while we were yet sinners, Christ did what? While we are busy doing our own thing, Christ did what? He died for your sake. He said, don't say who we go and bring. No, he's already here. He's already within you. So why do we go about seeking God where there is no God? Why are we looking for God when God is already with us? But in John, Jesus said, John chapter 3, let's go there, John chapter 3. Now, if you have time, I, I like, you know, to ask people to read the book of John. It's a very powerful book. Um, it gives you a lot of insight. I know we love good, you know, New Testament, right? We all love New Testament, right? Amen. But here, there, there was a conversation uh, between Nicodemus and Jesus Christ. So, 
how do we attain the righteousness that is of God? How do we come into God's own righteousness? How? Well, Jesus started to explain to Nicodemus in John chapter 3 how we come into God's righteousness. He said, verse 3, Jesus answered and said, Most assuredly I say to you, unless one is born again, he cannot see the kingdom of God. First step. How do we come into God's righteousness? Step one. Very clear. Jesus said it. There is no other name whereby we must be saved except the name of Jesus Christ. And he says, if anyone wants to step into God's own righteousness, to fulfill the righteous requirement of God through Jesus Christ, the first step is what? You must be born again. That is first step. He said he cannot see the kingdom of God. Then Nicodemus said to him, How can a man be born when he is old? Can he enter a second time in his mother's womb and be born? Jesus answered, Most assuredly I say to you, unless one is born of water and of the Spirit, he cannot enter the kingdom of God. That which is flesh, what is born of flesh, is of the flesh, and that which is born of the spirit, of the spirit. Do not marvel that I say to you, you must be born again. Don't be surprised that I'm saying to you, that is the step to come into the righteousness of God. The righteousness that is of God. Don't be surprised, I'm telling you that. Now Jesus is saying, I'm telling you that because I came from heaven. You don't need to bring me down from heaven. I'm already here. And I'm telling you what God is required. What is required from you by God is that you must be born again. He said, because I am from above. I came from heaven. And I'm telling you, you must do what? Be born again. That is the step to enter into God's righteousness. And I think Nicodemus is giving God confused the more. Nicodemus answered and said to him, how can these things be? In verse 9. How can these things be? And Jesus answered and said to him, are you the teacher of Israel and do not know these things? Are you the teacher of Israel and do not know these things? And most assuredly I say to you, we speak what we know. See that? Verse 11. We speak what we know and testify what we have seen. See that? And testify what we have seen. And you do not receive our witness. So Jesus is saying, 
What I'm telling you is what I know. That is the precept that God has set out in heaven. And it's not just what I know, it's what I have seen. And that's what I'm telling you, that the first step to enter into God's righteousness, not self-righteousness, is to what? To be born again. That is the first step. You see, a lot of people do good stuff. They are morally good people. They are ethically good people. But that does not mean the, required, the requirement for righteousness before God. It doesn't mean God's requirement to be saved. I'll give you a case in point from the scripture, the book of Acts chapter 10. And I know if you've read this story before, you know where I'm going. There was a man in the scripture called Cornelius. Cornelius. Now, the Bible described this man as a generous man, a man that loves God and fears God. Now, I want to tell you, you know, that your morally or ethically good may not even have measured up to this man. This man, because I don't need to read the entire passage, you can read it, the book of Acts chapter 10. But you see, the Bible tells us about this man. His arms, his giving, his giving, he gave to the point that he moved the heavens. Did you hear what I said? He moved the heavens. God was moved. That's the level of giving. You know, sometimes we beg people to give offering in the church. It's as if we are coercing you. No, we are not. We want to help you. We are helping you to be a better steward of God's blessing. This man gave to God. And not only was he giving, he was also a prayerful man. A prayerful man. The Bible says he was in a fasting for four days. That means a man, and the Bible said he saw in a vision, God opened his eyes to see what was going on. He said, a man stood before him and told him, your prayer and your giving has come up to heaven as a memorial before God. Can you imagine that? His prayer and his giving came up before the throne of heaven as a memorial before God. But you know what? He was not a saved man. 
So what happened? I'm sure God himself was touched by this man. He said, no, I have to do something about this man. Did you hear what I said? <laughs> he said, I have to do something. You see, because God cannot preach salvation to man. He needs man to preach the gospel to man. How can they hear if they've not been preached to? How can they hear if no one preached to them? God said, no, I got to do something. The Bible had to send Peter. You read that, you see how God and Peter was going back and forth and all of that, right? Even Peter didn't want to go. But I'll tell you a mystery that happened, what I consider a mystery there. Because God was prepared to save this man. All he needed was a vessel to show up. All he needed was someone to show up. So Peter came and listened to Cornelius, right? Cornelius narrated his story. Then Peter started preaching the gospel from Genesis to Revelation. But look at what happened. How can a man enter into righteousness of God? Look at what happened in verse 43. Okay? Verse 43. When Peter got to a point, to him, verse 43 says, to him all the prophets witness that. Uh, all the things he's been saying. So I'm just reading verse 43. He said, through his name, look at that. Through his name, Whoever believes in him will receive remission of sin. Did you see that? Peter got to the point where salvation is mentioned. Where salvation is mentioned, look at what happened again in verse 44. Why Peter was still speaking these words, what happened? Can you say what happened in your Bible? If you are reading with me. What happened? The Bible said the Holy Spirit fell upon those who heard the word. Because God was waiting for the word salvation to be mentioned in anywhere that preacher was, you know, the preacher was going longer. Look, I'm going on and on and on now. Right? <laughs> but God was ready to save Cornelius. But he needed a man to minister the word of salvation to him. Once Peter got to that word, what happened? The Holy Spirit said, look, Peter, I'm done with you. Let's move on to the next phase. Why? Because God has set a standard for his righteous requirement and that your good heart is not going to save you. Your ability to do good things for people is not salvation. That you come to church doesn't mean that requirement. That you're a member of a church doesn't mean that requirement. That you pay your tithe and give offering, God said no, it doesn't mean that requirement. There is only one way. One way to be saved. Let's go back to the book of Romans. What do we need to do? I don't want to stay long. I'm trying to round up. Let's go back to the book of Romans. Look at verse 9. Look at verse 9. It says, But if you confess with your mouth, 
if you confess with your mouth the Lord Jesus and believe in your heart that God has raised him from the dead, you will be saved. That is the way to enter into God's righteousness. Coming to church is a step. It's a step along the way. But that doesn't mean that requirement. You must be born again. Well, you say, how, what do you mean? Like Nicodemus, maybe you're like Nicodemus. Say, what does it mean to be born again? Well, now we are telling you what it means to be born again. First, you must believe in your heart by faith. The Bible says without faith, it is impossible to please God. He that must come to God must come by faith. Maybe you are invited to the church today. You are invited in here today by your friend, family member, and all of that, we are glad that you are here. And we also want to offer you an opportunity to enter into God's righteousness. It's very simple. You don't need to work for it. It is by grace, through faith. Grace, unmerited favor by God. Favor that you don't deserve, but nonetheless, he offered it to you. We don't deserve his mercy. No. But he freely gave. Gave it to us. Have you ever confessed with your own mouth? See, I know there are people, you come to church and you come to church, you become a member of the church, you get used to all the things going on in the church. But at the same time, I want to encourage you. If you've not said, Lord Jesus, you died for me. See, salvation is a personal thing. It's not a group thing. Your wife cannot be saved in place of you. Your husband cannot be saved in place of you. Your parent cannot be saved in place of you. You must answer for yourself. He says, if you confess with your mouth, that means your own mouth. Not with anybody else's mouth, but with your own mouth. Then you have to believe with your own heart. These two things must be done. Let's read that again. It says... If you confess with your mouth the Lord Jesus Christ, one, and believe in your heart that God raised him from the dead, you will be saved. How hard it is to be saved, people. 
how difficult it is to be saved. Why are we making it so complex and complicated? It's very easy to be saved. You just have to do this. Don't make it hard on yourself. Did you see here? God never talked about what you have done in the past. Hello? There is no mention of your past here. There is no mention of your bad behaviors. No. It's any man in Christ. If any man is in Christ, he is a new creation. Old things are passed away. All things have become new. The righteousness that is of God produces transformation. Did you hear what I said? The righteousness that is of God produces what? Produces what? I want people over here, produces what? Transformation. The Bible says you'll be translated, you'll be translated from darkness into what? Light. That is the righteousness that is of God. Not your own made-up righteousness or the societal made-up righteousness. Because they are making up stuff these days. A lot of things have been made up. We live in a tumbled upside down world society now. Where good is not bad. Bad is not good. And the way they present it to us, a lot of us, we buy into that apple too. Because they make it look so presentable, and they follow it with guilt trip. So if you don't do it, then you must be bad yourself. Then because you don't want to be bad before them, you cannot believe I've gone along, right? That's what we all want to do. No. The Bible said, do not call confederacy what they call confederacy. Do not call what they say is evil, don't call it evil. You have to verify yourself. Be ye transformed by the renewing of your mind. Praise God. Praise God. If you believe in your heart, you have to. But you got to confess with your mouth. I am glad your mom brought you to church. I am glad your parents brought you to church. But fellows, it's a personal thing you have to do on your own. You have to take that bold step and say, Lord Jesus, come into my heart as my Lord and my personal Savior. I want to enter into your righteousness. I've been wallowing in my own self-righteousness. But today, I want to make up my mind. I'm making up my mind to come into your righteousness. Except a man be born again, he cannot enter the kingdom of God. 
I still remember the gospel that was shared the day I gave my life to Christ. It was only one thing that I heard that day. The preacher preached sermon for one hour plus. But he said, to them that are within, the mysteries of the kingdom is revealed to them. I said, eh? I want to know the mysteries of the kingdom. Before he even finished his preaching, I'm already out for altar call because I want to know. I want to be in. I don't want to be outside. It's, he demonstrates it's like a circle, right? It's like a circle. If you're outside the circle, you don't know what is going on in the inside. I say, you know what? I want to be inside that circle. Do you want to come into that circle with me today? To them that are within, the mysteries of the kingdom is revealed. I'm rounding up. I don't know if, if you can stand with me. Stand. Where are you? Are you still on the side of your own righteousness? Have you entered into God's righteousness? Or do you want to step in today and say, Lord, I'm stepping out by faith. I want to come into your righteousness. The righteousness that is of you. Christ is the fulfillment of the law. There is no struggle. The Bible says the word we preach is in our mouth. If anyone confesses with his mouth, you got to make that confession. If you've not done that, as a required step, I want you to just talk to the Lord this moment. Ask him to come into your heart. Jesus said, I am telling you what heaven requires from you. I am a witness. I came from heaven. I know it because it is true. And not only do I know it, I have seen it. That the only way God requires is that a man must be born again. That's the only way you can enter God's kingdom. There is no other way. If anybody telling you something different, you're on your own. But Jesus saying, Nicodemus, I am telling you what heaven says. If you are hearing something else, that's on you. So you have nobody to blame. So, at this moment, I know maybe you have been coming to church for a long time like Nicodemus. I mean like uh, Cornelius. You've been coming to church for a long time. You've been following all the things that we say you should do in the church and you've been doing it. But you are not sure if you die today you are going to heaven or not. People, dead can come at any time. There are two ways you can see God. Either you die or Jesus comes. Did you hear what I said? Yeah, either you die or Jesus comes. Either way, you are seeing God. But if you don't know, you are not sure, you are not certain. If either of these things happen now, you are not sure where you are going to be. This is the moment of decision. There is no judgment here. You can step out. We will be praying with you.
asking God to come into your heart. If there is anybody, can you step forward? You want to ask God, you want to invite Jesus to come into your heart? You can step forward. We'll pray with you. You want to meet the righteous requirement of God? Thank you, my brother. Anyone else joining him? Before we go on, anybody else joining him? Anyone else? Pastor Josh, can you help me pray for him? Lead him to Christ. While he's praying, I want you to talk to the Lord, every one of us. Ask Jesus to come into your heart afresh and renew your strength. Ask Jesus tell him you need him more. Tell him you need him more. struggling this is an opportunity also you can come let's pray with you thank you Jesus Father, we thank you for this service today. We thank you for everyone. We ask, oh God, that this week your favor will go with us. We pray for your blessings as we go about our businesses this week. We pray for your covering and your protection, oh God. We thank you and we give you praise. In Jesus' name we pray. Everyone say amen. God bless you all. You are dismissed.